When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hola, amigos. This is Ray Hudson from B in Sports and Sirius XMFC. And you are listening to Barca Talk. Today on Barca Talk, Lionel Messi got four goals against Ibar, breaking a short spell without scoring, and the new signing, Martin Braithwaite, helped with two goals in the 5-0 win. Meanwhile, a draw to Celta Vigo and a loss to Levante have put Real Madrid in second place on the La Liga table just ahead of the Clasico next week in Madrid. Hello and welcome to Barca Talk, the podcast for FC Barcelona fans. I'm your host, Brian Henderson in Buffalo, New York. Joining me from Madrid is my co-host and your tactical analyst, Gabriel Quiroga. Brian, Brian, my Barca brother from another mother. It is sunny and glorious here in Madrid, my friend. Oh, is it? Yes, yes. Glorious. It is glorious. This past weekend, you know, it's it's funny because here everyone is in anticipation already for terrace weather. And it's been cold all week. You know, and I, I use air quotes here as cold. Not as cold as in Buffalo, but cold. Never. And then all of a sudden when the sun shines on Friday and Saturday, everyone is just ready. You know, there's just like a vibe to the city. I walked home from work on Friday and everyone was out. We don't really have happy hour here. You know, it's not really a thing, but right. it was a thing on Friday. <laughs> every every hour is happy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Even yeah. after 2 a.m. Exactly. Yeah, after 2 a.m., exactly. So, but yeah, um, you know, a lot of crazy things have just happened here as well. You know, um, we are league leaders after two weeks of just bad performances by Madrid. So that's the big talking point here in Madrid for sure. Well, sure. Yeah, I mean, because... It looked like they were getting stronger. Meanwhile, Barcelona was in a tumult. Exactly. Yeah, in like an air fryer of of chaos. And you had said, and I think rightly so at the time, even though we were only three points behind, it probably looked like we weren't going to be able to catch up. And now Real Madrid is, you know, dropping players here and there and losing points. Yeah, I mean, before, you know, we were talking a little bit before you asked me, do you think it was because of the hazard thing, you know? And I honestly think that they should have, I mean, obviously you can't not use hazard if you're Real Madrid. You, he's your top signing and so forth. But I think the way they were playing before he was entering the lineup, they had a certain identity. They were scrappy. They were winning games one nothing. But lately with these two uh, tie and a loss, basically with Hazard, and obviously Hazard's going to be out for the rest of the season. That is the news that just came out here today in Madrid. You know, maybe they revert to being more scrappy, and that's going to be difficult because they have two tough matches, Brian. They have obviously Man City this week and then us in the Clasico. Yeah, that's going to be a hard week for them. And I think the midweek Champions League match is going to be harder for them than ours is for us. Uh, We're going up against Napoli on Tuesday. 
Real Madrid's playing Man City on Wednesday, and we haven't talked about this on the show, but I'm sure many of our listeners are aware that Man City has been handed a a Champions League ban for the next two seasons. So in that time, I would bet good money that they're going to lose Pep Guardiola as their manager. They're going to have to do all kinds of adjusting over those next two years. So that means this year, they're going to go after the Champions League hard. I agree. And they've been playing, you know, well enough lately, you know, to gather some wins. They won yesterday. I saw the highlights today when I was watching the sports show. So they were showing that. But again, you know, with Man City, they have, they still have talent in the attacking third and as well as in their midfield. When I look at Real Madrid's attacking third, you know, you have Benzema, but Benzema is not scoring. And as I, I was telling you before, Benzema has gone now 390 plus minutes without scoring and he doesn't assist like Messi. So when that happens and you don't have support on the other sides as well, you know, you're going to have these scoring droughts and you're going to have these tough games that they've been having. So, you know, it's funny how, you know, two weeks ago, you know, I basically said, or maybe three weeks ago, I said that Real Madrid won La Liga because of the way they scrapped out that victory. I I forget against who. And now, you know, here we are. We're two points ahead now. And it's crazy. I mean, we're not playing that much better. It's more of a case of who's playing less worse, kind of. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah, no, I get it. Yeah, because, like, for example, we'll talk about the match yesterday. I mean, yes, we won 5 nothing, But, again, it's still going back to this slow rhythm of play that we continue to show. And with Madrid, you know, they're kind of doing the same thing as well. Like, they're, they're more direct, obviously, but they don't have that exquisite playmaker like we do so you know Messi hides a lot of things but you know I'm really not I wouldn't say anxious I'm very interested to see what's going to happen with the Classico because of just you know with this midweek you know how we turn out at Napoli and then going into Madrid we have two road games and we've known before that the road games are always most difficult for us always well I don't think it could be any worse than the last Classico that's true. At the least. <laughs> I mean, like, we just want I one think goal. there will be at least a goal. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I, that's, again, man, that seemed like three years ago, Brian. Because remember, you know, as we always talk, you know, when we don't record, we're always like, uh, nothing's really going to happen. And then the whole social media scandal broke out last week. Another meeting with the captains. It's like something is always happening with this club. And the only constant right now, especially on the field, have been two people for me. Ter Stegen's defensive performances and then Messi's uh contribution contributions with assists and goals and how he's just been like yesterday you know the way he was able to do everything by himself and when that works it works but when the defense covers it we get these zero zero one zero type of wins but again it's going to be an interesting week with Napoli and of course the Classico coming up yeah and it's going to be an interesting week for us because we have I feel like we're kind of like we this season we on the show here have been in our own kind of uh I won't I wouldn't call it chaos but there's been a lot of changing of tacts and tactics I mean I think last season I really we got into this really nice groove mm-hmm. it was great you know we had we had Max we had Michelle we were coming out once a week we had a regular schedule it was it was all very nice this season We've been changing things, it seems like, every few weeks. Yeah. There's been some new idea, some new way that we want to go with the show, all really with a single purpose, which is to make a little bit of money. Yeah. Yeah. We did a big push in December. We essentially didn't change the show. Now we're... We're going to... I mean, we're roughly keeping the show the same way it is, although we are going to start bringing in more voices. 
we're gonna we we put out a call last week and we got some really great responses from various people uh, to essentially join the team, get on mic, and uh, and I'm gonna start kind of stepping back from the microphone a little bit. I'll still be managing things behind the scenes, but also, but right now we're actually kicking off a whole new approach to to what we're doing. So yeah, we're committing now, right? Yeah, I'm re- <laughs> I'm really excited about this actually. Like I think this is the new blood that we kind of needed because, like you said, last season we were finding our groove and figuring out, you know, what worked and what didn't work. And now, like you said, our main focus this season was to earn more money, right? And so uh, with that in mind, you know, like you said, it's, I wouldn't say chaos, I would say it's a little bit of flux, right? Like every two flux, weeks, was, yes. yeah, we're kind of, we should try this, we should try that, you know? Yeah. And honestly, I, you know, having new voices, I think, in the in our team, essentially, is not only going to give us a break, because, you know, essentially, Brian, we've been recording three years straight, yeah, you know, without, you know, for every weekend, essentially, not only that, but giving a different perspective, but also just to hopefully give us more content, you know, because Barca, as we say, they are the club that just gives us so much content and we just can't <laughs> get on mic all the time. So hopefully with this new format, we'll be able to cover those bases while not bending over backwards all the time to get on mic, you and I. Right, exactly. So here's what's going to be happening. Uh, we're coming out with this Monday episode, of course, um, pretty standard stuff. Um, but then we'll have another episode on Wednesday that'll break down the Napoli match. And then we'll have another uh, episode on Friday where I think what we'll probably do, we'll see what happens between now and then. But what we'll probably do is we'll break down. I th- I want to get into Martin Braithwaite in a, some bit of depth. We're not going to get into that today. He won't be able to appear on Tuesday. So we'll really just have those 20 minutes that he uh, that he played on Saturday to talk about. But we'll get into Martin Braithwaite a little bit more on Friday. And, of course, we'll scout Real Madrid for El Clasico. That's our new schedule. Three episodes a week. Uh, the Wednesday and the Friday one will generally be a little bit shorter. Maybe un- unless we're breaking down a midweek match, in which case it might be about the same length. And we're going to keep this new schedule up for everyone for the next few weeks. After that, you're going to have to be a supporting member of the show at a minimum of the $5 a month tier on Patreon to listen to the Wednesday and Friday episodes. That's going to start in March. So think of this as your your free trial of this new kind of rhythm, this new schedule of episodes. But if you aren't a member and you do want to become one now, follow the link at the top of the details for this episode to our support page and support us either on Patreon or with a one-time donation. And then once, once those Wednesday and Friday episodes go behind the the member wall the patron wall you'll be all set and ready to uh to listen to those and stay in in the rhythm now a quick injury update uh sergio roberto who didn't even play on saturday uh is now going to be out for three to four weeks what happened with this yeah it's just a thigh injury they're saying they had they weren't really specific on it here in madrid when i was watching catching up on the news today but it looks like he's gonna be out three to four weeks and yeah, like you said, he didn't play yesterday. And I think it was because they already knew that he was hurt and essentially a precaution. So he will be missing these vital matches coming up, obviously. So that just means that Semedo is going to be the workhorse for these next matches, which I think is a good thing because now he, ha- he knows that he's going to start, right? He doesn't, he doesn't have to worry about Sergio Roberto coming off the bench to take care of him or vice versa. And I also think that's going to solidify our right side just a bit more. I was going to ask, like, do you think he's up for it? 
I hope so. I mean, I, he better be, you know. I mean, we there's always this discussion, you know, when they play together, they don't have that chemistry, right? So, unfor- you know, unfortunately, he's injured. You don't want to see injury, but that takes him out of the equation, right? So, hopefully, it lends itself to have a better performance attacking-wise on that right side. You know, whoever he links up with in the midfield, whether that's Rakitic or Vidal or Artur, whoever uh, Setien puts out there as a midfielder. So I think also just confidence-wise, Semedo will know, you know, that he's going to be playing these next three to four weeks of matches. So he'll be, you know, psychologically, hopefully, better for it. <laughs> well, what you've always pointed out is that Sergio Roberto and Nelson Semedo are essentially two very different right backs. And depending upon if you have both of them available, it really depends on how you want to play and what you want to bring against a particular opponent uh, in terms of the choice, but now there won't be a choice. It'll it'll be all Semedo all the time. Exactly, and the other thing too is you know Sergio Roberto I think is a better player in the Clasicos. You know I think his record, the the assists that he's had in those uh, vital matches, lends itself for him to be a better player against Real Madrid. But I think Semedo physically, you know, I think he's faster and just a better all around right back. As you know, as we're talking defensive, I think that fits into Semedo's. But again, like you. One of the reasons you love Sergio Roberto is he's the Swiss Army knife of the team. He can play midfield up front if we needed to and right back. And so, again, this goes back to the poor planning of the board. Again, we cannot afford injuries because we're thin now. You know, we we have to we just have to get through these this month, essentially, this next four weeks. Yeah, it's going to be a rough month, rough four weeks. <laughs> So uh, last thing before we really start breaking down this Ibar match, I want to tell everyone about the Houston Kules and the fact that they are kicking off their fundraising effort for the year to send youth players from their community to the Barcelona soccer camp in Houston this summer. This is their third year doing this. The first year, they raised enough money to send two kids to the camp. Last year, they sent three. And this year, they're hoping to break that record and raise enough money to send four youth players to the Barcelona Soccer Camp in Houston this summer. So if you want to learn more about how you can contribute to this fantastic program, visit HoustonKoolays.com. We also put a link in the show notes so that you can get there straight from your podcast player if you want. All right, so let's talk Ibar. This was match day 25 of La Liga at the Camp Nou. It was a 5 nothing win, and that would seem to indicate that it was a really dominant performance from Barcelona. I would say, however, that it really kind of wasn't. It wasn't. And it's funny because before Messi's first goal, I literally was going to tweet, this game is boring. (laughs) (laughs) And again, we've talked about it all season. It's just, you know, obviously we've been winning lately and we have a different dynamic. We're more consistent, especially on the road, which are all nice key markers and everything. But man, Brian, we are still just so slow. I mean, I watched some other matches over the weekend and it's just amazing how, you know, I, I, I forget who I watched before, but anyway, I was watching another game before and the directness with the speed and the veracity that they were going on. And then when I watched the Barca, again, it's the same thing. Ter Stegen, how long did he wait to pass to a midfielder? And within and the first it, couple of minutes, you could, exactly. there was a moment. Exactly. And it's the beginning of the match. They're not tired. You know, no. <laughs> and again, it doesn't matter what formation we roll out there, what players we roll out there. We just have this lethargic attitude, you know, with the Napoli game coming up. Yes, they're not as strong of a contender like you would say on paper. But man, you know, they run. And I saw them play a little bit over the weekend as well, because here they were doing scouting 
of the Champions League teams, essentially. And so, again, they're just young. And when you're young, you just have more energy and you're just more youthful and, you know, you just want to run around. And with Barcelona lately, it's just the same thing, which is so stagnant. And it's just because of Messi that we're getting these goals. Because if it's not him, no one else is really doing anything. Yeah, well, you know, last week in our members only segment, we talked about the fact that Messi hadn't scored in a few games. I think it was four. And there was this worry that his form was dipping. Well, you know, so he at least did make up for that in this match. He had a hat trick before halftime, 14th minute, 37th minute, 40th minute. And the third, I mean, if we just want to talk about the nice aspects of this, the third goal was great. Messi had the shot. He played in Griezmann, who couldn't convert. And then he stepped in to clean up and he got his hat trick on that third one. They were breaking it down today on the replays. And of those three, what was your favorite one? The third one? It was my favorite, but not necessarily for footballing reasons. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Comical more, reasons? <laughs> yeah, more more because it kind of made me laugh. Like, yeah, like yeah. Messi actually passed to Griezmann, like, here, take it. I could have a hat trick, but no, you take it. And he screwed it up. And Messi's like, all right, then. I guess I'll, t- I guess I'll do it. Yeah, yeah. So I just had this whole play going on in my head with that goal. So that's why it was my favorite. But from a pure footballing uh, standpoint, I think I might have to go with the first one where he had three defenders on him he nutmegged a guy and put it away so the first one for me is the work of art you know and again brian tact i mean technically that goal is like off the charts super impossible to replicate in a game right yeah he nutmeg a defender right and then like the way he was able to chip the shot backward you know the other direction so slightly enough it's just I remember I watched that. It's like, what just happened again? You know, you always have these moments like this, right? And again, that goal is not even in his top twenty. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. And that's the, that's the insane that part one about that. Doesn't goal. even make the highlight reel. Correct, correct. <laughs> but again, it's insane how he's able to just see the angles and always, always, Brian. I'm always amazed on how he always knows how to catch the goalkeeper flat-footed or leaning the wrong way it's amazing how he does and it's just such a slight thing because again brian for me the first one is the the work of art like that is the beauty of the of the three the second one technically is far superior than the first one because if you watch the second one he has no angle like the the keeper has the near post covered and he was still able to beat the keeper far side because he did it sooner than the keeper thought he was going to do it the keeper went to ground but the ball was hit so precisely that it missed his foot by like inches, you know, and then it hits the side netting. It's to me, that is incredible because it's not done with such pace of a shot. He was able to analyze geometrically, you know, all the angles and so forth and basically make a hard pass into the side net. Right. You know, as a, you know, when you're a forward, if like if I'm in that position, I'm hoping that my goal looks like that, right? In in the dreams of dream, you know? But honestly, it's probably going far wide or it's going to hit the side net really bad, you know? And the way he's able to constantly just find those angles, to me, is incredible. Right, well, overall, the shooting accuracy from Barca in this game was very good. I don't know how much of this was just messy, but they took 13 shots and 11 of them were on target. So I don't know who exactly took all the shots. I know that Messi had some other shots. But overall, statistically, they were really getting it on frame in this game. So just the accuracy of the shooting was very good in this game overall, and particularly in this case. But obviously, there were other chances that were at least on target that were saved. Yeah, again, there was other shots too, like Vidal had two shots on goal. So, you know, 
we were having more opportunities that way. Again, on the third one, though, Griezmann's got to do better with that first touch. He either has yep. to one-time it or do – again, it's the same thing, Brian. It's like how close was he to the goal? <laughs> he was right at the PK spot. I mean, you don't have to move it around again. He had another option. He could have passed it to the left because that was wide open as well or just take a one-time. But he took the wrong option. Luckily, Messi was there to clean up the slop. Yeah, and that's one of those moments where you think, well, you know, you had your chance. Messi passed to you. You got to put those away. And it's just like you said one or two episodes ago. If Messi gives you a dime, you got to make good on it. Exactly. And you know Griezmann was searching because there was a couple times too where there were some really good through balls to him and other players took or intercepted the ball from like Semedo did once. I think Vidal did another time. So Griezmann was active. And again, with this Braithwaite signing, I think that's going to help because then He's more of a direct forward, you know, where Messi and Griezmann can kind of interchange and go around him. So I think that's going to help for the La Liga games. But again, uh, I mean, Messi's four goals is just insane. And, you know, it's one thing that he had this quote unquote drought, right? <laughs> but he was still involved so much with assists. So to me, that doesn't, you know, it's not really a drought. But again, it's one of those things. He's so involved with attacking that I'm not ever worried about him not going more than seven games without a goal because the ability he's able to always find space and also for opportunities, he's just so good. He's always going to find at least one goal every seven games. Right. And like we talked about in the last episode, you know, even if he isn't scoring goals, he's making assists. Either way, he's contributing to scoring. Exactly. And they're direct assists. They're not just like deflection assists, you know, from from shots or something like this. Like he's directing the attacking everywhere and he's positioning the forwards to do what he wants to do and find the balls. Like, for example, the Dijon goal a couple of weeks ago, right? Where it went over the top and he was able to find that. So again, I'm never worried about Messi's performances, output, you know, because I know if he doesn't score, he's going to do other things that are just equally as important. Right. And so if you're a team that's playing Barcelona and Messi's on the field, that's the Messi effect. Either you have to overcover him, which leaves players open for him to pass to and score or you cover things more widely and then Messi gets to score more again if I were a team playing Barca I would just double cover him all day yeah because everyone else depends on him so much and if you can try to negate as much as you can with Messi then the other team starts to struggle and they start to feel the pressure so that's how I would handle it you know I know it's a lot it's very difficult to do that but that's how I would would just at all costs take out Messi (laughs) yeah (laughs) well so aside from the scoring moments and the other good chances Ibar did have Barcelona on the run through a lot of the game again it started with the pressing you know yeah and you know it's just a broken record brian it's just everyone knows the press we still can't adapt and no one moves so what do you expect you know ter stegen had to go long a couple times to break the press but that's not how we wanted to build the momentum of attacking and this is where we're kind of you know in between a rock and a hard place because we don't have the magical possession like we used to we still won the possession game we were 69 percent which is great. But again, but overall the passing was really sloppy. It was, it was. And and that's the thing. It's, it's all about the distances that you have to pass, right? You know, you know, before, if you always look at old videos, it's the distance was so mine. It was like five meters or less, right? So when you have to pass like that, it's super easy. But when you're making 10 or 20 yard passes, 
you have to be super accurate and it lends itself to anticipate by Ibar, which they did really well. You know, they scored first and it wasn't for the offsides. It could be a different game because they were always trying to go for goal. And again, that is our weakness on the counters and giving other teams really good opportunities to score on us, which is not a good thing. <laughs> yeah. So against Ibar, this is fine. We can, we can sustain it and we were saved by the offside rule. And then we get these amazing goals from Messi. So we managed to get ahead but against Napoli against Real Madrid even without Hazard those cracks those problems are going to really assert themselves the one thing I'm thinking is that Ibar isn't necessarily looking to get control of the ball and score they're looking to counter which they were doing really well they're looking to press they're looking and they're looking to counter whereas I think Napoli is going to try and play football and score in which case they could lose to Barca they can and you know the biggest key for me in that match or any you know especially in the classical as well is just to hold the fort for the first 25 minutes you know not allow a goal have some good opportunities to scare them right because you know it's the same formula if Napoli or any team we play goes up one nothing it's a totally different mentality that we have to start chasing the match and we really have to depend on Messi with that now if we can hold you know, any team scoreless in the first 20 minutes and then we can kind of just find our way in the match, then usually it will lend to success and, and some points and, and a win, essentially. Napoli and Real Madrid, you know, these teams aren't scared of us. They'll take it to us. And that's where the the issue comes is, are we battle-tested enough? Are we going to be up for the fight, you know? And especially, you know, today's uh, with the Ibar match, he didn't have the strongest 11. Hopefully, we'll have a better dynamic ability with our strongest 11. And also with Champions League in a way that hopefully that'll animate them a little bit more. But again, this goes down to the same issue. It's the conversion of the other team because we just allow, we actually give so many opportunities to the other team. Right. And that is the downside of, uh, this team, but also with Setien managing them. I mean, the minute he was signed, we knew that this was a, a possibility that we'd be giving up more goals and hopefully just getting more than we give up. But you combine his tactical preferences with this particular squad and how kind of slow and lethargic they tend to be, that can be a real recipe for disaster. For sure. And again, you know, when we when Setien came in, we weren't sure if he was going to change the formation and I think he's gone back to the 4-3-3 because he's realized that he doesn't have the team to do that right now. So hopefully in the summer, you know, with some new players and with a whole full preseason, he'll change it. Because I think, Brian, we still are lacking that, you know, since our midfield isn't as talented with the 4-3-3, you know, putting in another midfielder will definitely help us in the future to break a press, to c continue to have really great possession and attacking, and most importantly, just to have a better defense. Now, Martin Braithwaite, New signing came on for Antoine Griezmann in the 72nd minute, and he was involved in two goals. Messi's fourth and one for Arthur. He even had a good, good shot of his own that was saved, and Arthur put that one away. I think he's, he's, you know, he's a smart player, and I think he's going to fit into our system uh, really well. Setien today after the, the match in his press conference, he was really happy with his performance, and he really likes him as a player. You know, I think, He's just a traditional number nine, you know, he's going to, he's, he's more physical than you think, you know, he can hold the ball and he's going to try to go for shots. And I think that ultimately is going to help us a lot in La Liga matches. Like I told you, he's going to be able to hold the line and Griezmann and Messi are going to be able to interchange more. And that's going to create more chaos for the defense. Now you saw right away that, that Brethway was trying to actually shoot on target, which right. is a rarity for us, right? So now if he does that and you saw 
two shots basically led to two goals because of him. And so it's just that mentality. You know, he's coming from Leganes where he had to contribute goals or they weren't going to do anything, right? And now he can just play, right? Because as a number nine in this system, he's not going to be asked to do so many things. He's just going to ask to be physical in the air, hold the line, and just give the give and go back to Messi when possible, but also look for your shot. And I think ultimately he's going to find really success a successful campaign with us. The other thing too, Brian, which is crazy. Did you see that they raised his buyout clause to 300 million? What is that all about? That's the same <laughs> buyout clause that Messi has. If I'm not, if I, what if is I'm the point of right. that? What? What is the point? What? Well, what? And they signed him to a four and a half year contract. Oh my God. This team, like I understand, you know, you, you sign this player. Great. Right. But we don't have to like, have a little bit of flexibility because <laughs> let's say he doesn't work out, then all he's going to be on our team for four years. There's no one who's going to buy the three hundred million. My gosh, <laughs> you know, just have the little flexibility. You don't have. To, he's fine with the wage. You know, you don't have to bolster up with the. Anyway, that's that's for another debate. I was just when I read that, I was like, wait, what? I mean, he, Ter Stegen's buyout is one eighty. Yeah, just yeah, just for reference, okay. So, well, but anyway, I mean, I, we can definitely dive deeper into that on uh, maybe the Friday episode. Friday, yeah, yeah, uh, because that'll be the the eve of the chance for his second appearance, and we sure, can talk about sure. things like should he start and the circumstances around his his signing and all of that. I I think, however, that the club, if they want, could lower his buyout clause. Also, mm. couldn't they? I don't know. I maybe I they just thought, it's never come up in conversation. Yeah, yeah. But again, it's just it's just not having the flexibility, especially with this player. You know, I can understand with Ter Stegen, PK. You know, the stars of the team. Great, you have a high buyout for players that are lower tier. You want to have more flexibility to move them and negotiate with them in packages. And so, by having such a buyout clause, you automatically eliminate those options in the future again. But again, I think Brian. I think you know we needed another player, and I think ultimately he's going to find. His way on the team to, and I, th- I ultimately think he will start the Classico. Yeah, I mean, he had a shot on Saturday, and he took it, and he did well with it. Exactly, so he, he was kind of a scene stealer. Yeah, that's the thing. That's what you like to see, right? The moment wasn't too big for him, and I know it was just against Ibar, but again, he is so comfortable playing La Liga. You know, he's been the outright starter in Leganes, and again, I just think. I would rather have him start than, let's say, Vidal in the front third, you know, for sure. example, because he's going to be a better target like that. So I definitely see him starting the Classico because I think that really gives us a, a bite to our attacking even more. Because all of a sudden, with Vidal in there, you're like, well, he's not really that dangerous shooting the ball. But now with Brightway there, you're like, okay, whoa, this guy can actually go for goal. He's good in the air. And we have Messi and Griezmann. All of a sudden, you have a lot to digest if you're defense facing Barca. Yeah. All right, so uh, just to finish up, uh, we're going to be back on Wednesday again with a uh, breakdown of the Napoli game. Any predictions on your end? No, I, I my biggest thing is I want to see them start strong. You know, I think especially on the road games, they've been trending that way. But this is a big game, right? It's Champions League. This is the big boys now. We're at the end of February, essentially, and this is the hardest month that we're going to have. And so I need to see the effort. And if they put the effort, then I'm, I'll be happy with the results, you know, whatever that may be. What about you? What do you think? In the Champions League, especially at this stage, we're in the knockouts. We're going to be on the road. It's going to be a a tough game for all of the reasons that you've already cited and that we've been talking about. So if they do come out strong, if they can get a first goal, 
they could take a road win out of this. I think that's key. The other thing for me that's key too is to see Setien's coaching tactics or ability to adapt in this two-game knockout, right? Because one of our biggest complaints with Valverde is he never did anything to change for the Champions League when it was crucial, right? And so if something happens, how Setien reacts to those moments, because again, you don't have margin for for error here in, in these two matches. You have to go guns blazing and you have to treat him as single elimination to get those points because, again, you can't just hope that on the round back in Barcelona you're going to win 4 nothing every time. No. <laughs> no, definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> and if nothing else, if you get a lead, especially a good one, just don't give it up in the second leg. There you go. That's I a, mean, that's, that's a, a little different because we're starting away and then we're going to have the second leg at home, which is usually better for us. But still, you don't want to count on having to come back three, four goals in that second home leg. At least we don't want that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But so we'll be back on Wednesday to talk about that game. Barca Talk is a production of Sounded Media, written by Gabriel Quiroga and Brian Henderson, produced by Brian Henderson, social media and promotion by Two Point Go. Until next time, Visca Barca. Social Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday. I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather. Now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.